Hello, my friends. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Christopher Allen, and we are talking about uh, the call of God. And when we mean the call of God, I mean the call of God to serve Him, either in a, in the fivefold ministry gifts or to serve Him in a supportive capacity, which is also very important. So uh, yesterday we started talking about the office of the pastor, which is one of the fivefold ministry gifts. Uh, because you have to remember, these fivefold ministry gifts are God's gifts given to the church. So the apostle is uh, God's gift to the church. The prophet is God's gift to the church. The evangelist is God's gift to the church. The pastor is God's gift to the church. And the teacher is God's gift to the church. And all these five gifts uh, are given uh, you've got to remember that it's not primarily talking about uh, just, you know, all oh, apostles and prophets as phenomenon or as people, but they are talking about God's gifts to the church. So these people who we know as apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors and teachers, they are God's gifts to the church to build up the body of Christ, to, to bring the body of Christ into maturity in addition to doing the ministry that they're called to do. So yesterday we started talking about one of these gifts to the church and that is the pastor, the gift of the pastor. And the pastor is very important because this is the ministry gift that has, uh, one can say, the maximum contact with those in the local church because uh, you know, evangelists and apostles and all that, they, they, they evangelists and apostles spend a lot of time ministering to people outside the church, but they also have a ministry in the church. The Bible says that they are there to edify the body of Christ. And so do prophets and teachers. But the pastor is unique, is that he spends uh, most of his time with the people of his congregation. So that's why the office of the pastor is very important for believers to understand. Some, uh, some people, uh, they have this idea that... Uh, Oh, the pastor is just a guy we, we hire, you know, to preach. And uh, when we think he's done, we'll just fire him and find another pastor. That is not scriptural. That is not a scriptural way of thinking. A pastor is the man or woman. If it's a lady pastor, a man pastor, you must receive them as a gift of God to you personally and to the local church and honor that gift because only if you receive that gift, only if you honor the gift, and when I say that gift, I mean the pastor, when you receive your pastor as a gift of God uh, to the church, and you receive him as a gift to you and your family, that God has set him in your life to be your personal pastor, and you honor that gift, only then you can uh, you can draw full benefit of that gift. Otherwise, if you treat him like, uh, you know, what makes him unique? What makes him special? Uh, I know the Bible just as much as he does. And I knew him before he was pastor. He used to drive all or whatever, you know. When, when you have that attitude of familiarity, what happens? It hinders your ability to receive from him. Now, uh, Pastor Sam Smucker is my pastor. And I be, he's been my pastor for 27 years. And and, uh, and I, I have always honored and respected the man because God has put him in my life as my pastor and the pastor over my family. So that's why, look, 
I even refuse to address him by his first name. A reason, he's my pastor. And I, uh, it's not, I mean, he has said to me, just call me Sam. I said, no, pastor, I won't. Because, you see, because the weakness of my flesh, if I get, get, get too much familiarity with my pastor, it may bring me. It's not his fault. It's my fault. Because of my human weakness, I may end up in a place where I think of him as my buddy, as my friend rather than my pastor. And that kind of familiarity um, can put me in a place where uh, there could be times when I'm, uh, when I, I, you know, it becomes hard for me to receive from him, especially the difficult things that God might be speaking into my life through him. So, because I told him many times, I said, you're my pastor, you're not my buddy, you're my friend, but you're not my buddy, buddy, my pal. You are my pastor and God has set you to speak into my life, anything wrong with my life, the way I treat my wife, the way I treat my children, the way I handle finances or my attitudes, my anything or my doctrine or the way I live, anything in me. If, if you feel a check in your spirit, please feel free to tell me and speak correction into my life and you are because you are my pastor it's your job to watch over me and make sure that i'm in the straight and narrow and things like that keep me safe you know there is great safety in humility and in account and accountability and uh, god uses me all over the world i planted uh, you know i have through my ministry i've seen millions of people come to jesus i've seen dead people raised up and uh, uh, you know god has used me all over the world but at the end of the day i'm still a man i need correction and um, and and i need a pastor and he's my pastor and so you know it's to safeguard me and it's not that he is prideful but it's to safeguard me so that is why it is very important so uh, that uh, you and i we look at our pastors and we honor them and we recognize them as men and women who are called, who are anointed by God, who are gifted by God, who are set in the office of the pastor and that uh, I acknowledge him as the one God has set in, the, in my home church and the one God has sent in my, on my life as a pastor. And then I, I'm, I stand accountable to him. And then I don't look at him as a regular guy. Oh, I'm equal to him. What makes him think he's special? And I, when I lived in Sweden, I saw that a lot. And I saw it was either two things. It was either people had a lack of respect for the pastor and they treated the pastor like he was a nobody or... They, they worship the pastor like he was a god because the pastors, some of those pastors can be real control freak, you know, because they feel they need respect from people and because they need respect from people, they begin, they begin to treat their churches like a cult and demand that kind of control and subservience. And that is also wrong because, you see, it has to be an interaction of love and humility. The pastor... Has, the ministry of the pastor is very, very, very relational, very relational, because if he's not relational, people will not connect with him. So the pastor has to be like a father. 
He has to be like an older brother, as a father, and he has to be relational. And the people, in turn, have to honor him and also, you know, be relational with him because it is only in the context of being relational that uh, that that there's a proper connection because that way we honor the pastor, we love our pastor, we support him, back him up, and the pastor gives us his fatherly advice and watches over us and makes sure that we and our families, uh, we are safe, spiritually speaking, and we are taught, we are fed the right spiritual food, and all that works in the, collect, in the, in the context of being relational. Remember, everything in the Bible which has to deal with God and man, you know, ministry gifts and how ministry gifts work in the church and uh, and leadership in the local church and even our relationship with God and, and walking in faith, everything is relational. So we have to remember that, especially when you're in the fivefold ministry gift, you're dealing with people. So you always have to remember if you're in the fivefold ministry gift, all your dealings with people have to be relational and in love. Love people and be relational with them. Be genuinely interested in them and, you know, really watch over people and care for them. And if you do that, what will happen? People will love you and respect you and you'll be a good minister of the gospel, whether you are in the fivefold ministry gifts or you are in one of the supportive ministries in the church, you know, like leading a Bible study group and all that. So these things are very important. This is just to give you a basic uh, framework of understanding. So yesterday we talked about uh, a number of descriptive words that shed light on biblical pastoral ministry. And these are words we see in the Bible in the New Testament. So there are certain words in the New Testament that describe the role of a pastor. And the first one is ruler. And as I said, ruler doesn't mean like like a dictator or a, 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 a despotic control freak. No, ruler means one who actually rules and leads the church. And, uh, and, then, and then it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.12, And we beseech you, brethren, Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. That means that you know who labor among you, in the Lord and are over you in the Lord. So, you know, it is very important that you know your pastor, get to know your pastor, get to know his heart, and also acknowledge that he's over you in the Lord and admonish you. That means speak correction to you and to encourage you. So your pastor, firstly, God has set him over you in the Lord, not as a dictator, not as a despot, not as a control freak, but to watch over you because he, as children of God, we are all equal. But in the ministry, we all, you know, are at different places. Uh, there's, there's an order in the kingdom of God because, you know, the Bible in First in, in John, uh, uh, John talks to the church about, I speak to you fathers. Then he says, I speak to you young men. Then he says, I speak to you children. So there are fathers, there are young men, there's children in the kingdom of God. And there are people at different levels of authority. And although we are all equal as God's children, we belong to the same family, there are 
are different levels of authority, then there's different levels of anointing. So if you have pastors, all pastors are not the same. Some are young, some are novices, others are more experienced. And, and where I am, I, I look at men of God who are more experienced than, experienced than me and I honor them and sit and be quiet and listen to what they have to say because that's how I have grown in the past 44 years I've been in the ministry. So anyway, so it says that uh, Paul's, uh, sorry, um, Paul says to the church of Thessalonica, he says, to, he says, know them that labor among you. So the first thing I did when I moved to Lancaster and Pastor Sam uh, Smucker is my pastor, I decided I'm going to get to know the man. I'm going to go, I'm going to get to know his heart. And so I know my pastor. So it is very important that you get to know your pastor and understand that he's over you in the Lord. He is, God has put him over you. So you have the right to put a demand on the anointing on life and you have the right to seek his advice and seek his counsel and seek his help if something is wrong. Now, the, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 and 5 and uh, in 1 Timothy 5, 17, I put these scriptures together. We are, we are talking about the pastor as one who, who is a ruler, who is a leader over the house of God, who rules the house of God. He says, one that ruleth well in his own house, having in children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man knows not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So, which makes sense because if a man uh, is, a, you know, if you have a guy who's a pastor and his kids are out of control, he shouldn't be a pastor because if he doesn't know how to be a good father to his own children, how will he lead the church of God? What, you know, because a pastor's life has to be an example, not, not that he's perfect. Now, no, the Bible never says that anybody in the ministry should be perfect because then nobody would be in the ministry. But there are certain basic criteria because if you are over the house of God and you are a pastor who is a father figure, if you're not a good father in your home to your own children, how can you be a good father, a good leader in, in the house of God, in the church? So that's, uh, uh, you know, that is very important thing to to, uh, to remember. Then it says, let the elders that rule well, that means those pastors who, uh, and here the word elders means pastors. As I said uh, yesterday, the words elder and bishop and, and shepherd and pastor, they're interchangeable. It says, let the elders that rule well, that means those who, 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 who lead their people well. Uh, and it doesn't mean who are great dictators. Again, uh, I was under a pastor in Sweden who was a dictator. He used to bully people. But it's not talking about, it means the pastors who are father figures, who, who lead their people well, who love their people. Let them be counted worthy of double honor. Let us honor them double. Especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Especially those pastors who bring the word to us, who bring sound doctrine to us. Because that is what causes us to grow. Uh, who teach the word and who bring sound doctrine to us. Doctrine is very important. Sound doctrine. Uh, that means the, uh, the fundamental truths of the Christian faith. What does the Bible teach? Those are doctrines. So those who work with the word and with the doctrine, who preach the word and who give us sound doctrine, who help us to grow, let us honor them double. Now, the second word that uh, I'm, I'm pointing out that is used, you know, for, for pastors is 
uh, you know, a descriptive word for pastoral ministry is ambassador, ambassador. And 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. An ambassador is one who represents a higher authority in another country. Like the United States has ambassadors in every country of the world, and every country in the world have an embassy and they have consulate. So the ambassador is the man who represents that country before the government of the United States. So we are ambassadors for Christ. We are sent to the world by Jesus to represent him. So that's the second word that describes a pastoral ministry. The third word that, uh, the next word that describes a pastoral ministry is steward and minister. That's another expression. Actually, it's two words put together as one expression. <coughs> it is uh, found in 1 Corinthians 4.1. It says, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ, as stewards and the mysteries of God. Steward is somebody, in Swedish we call it fervaltare. Fervaltare, steward means somebody who takes care of something precious on behalf of somebody else. So we are, are the uh, ministers of Christ. We are the servants of Christ. And we are stewards of the mysteries of God. That means the, uh, the, the revelation that God has given in his word. Those are the mysteries of God. The things that are in the word. Those are the mysteries of God. Mysteries of God are some weird things that somebody comes up with and say, Well, God showed me this. God showed me that. That is goofy. That is not mysteries of God. Uh, mysteries of God are things that are already in the Bible, that are already revealed in the Bible. And that's why, you know, good pastors, they will share with you good revelation. And good revelation isn't what they dreamed of uh, last night. You can't. That's not revelation. Because, um, you see, what we preach is the Bible. We don't preach our own revelation. No pastor should be preaching and teaching his own revelation. He should be teaching and preaching the Bible. Now, if he has uh, experiences that illustrate what the Bible teaches, yes, share them by all means. But no pastor should be feeding people things that are not in the Bible that the scripture says nothing about, but those are his personal opinions and revelations. That's a big no-no. So it says we are stewards of the mysteries of God. The mysteries of God are the things that are revealed in the Bible. And so we are stewards of those things. We, 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 we hold on to the things that are in the scripture and we pass them on to people and we serve people with the scriptures. Okay. So God has made us stewards and ministers, stewards and ministers of what is in the Bible. The next thing is that uh, the next word that is descriptive of a, of a pastoral ministry is servant. Servant. A pastor is a servant. Second Corinthians 4, 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. So that means that, you know, uh, uh, a pastor, if, if a pastor has a big church and he has a big TV ministry, he becomes famous. He's not to be a superstar because 
It's not about him, but it's about the word he preaches. It says, we don't preach ourselves. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He said, my ministry is not about me. It's not about me being famous or you seeing me and you think I'm somebody and I'm a star preacher. It's not about me. We don't preach ourselves. We don't proclaim ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ the Lord. So even if a, a, a pastor is a servant, that means that if he has a tiny small church or he has a massive mega church, no matter, or and because if you have a big massive mega church, you are famous. So it doesn't matter if you, you labor in obscurity or you get a lot of fame, but remember that it's not about you. It's not about your ministry. It's about Jesus Christ. We don't preach ourselves. It's not the ministry. It's not about us to shine before people, but it is about Jesus Christ, the Lord. We preach Jesus Christ and ourselves. What are we? We are as servants to the people for Jesus' sake. So that is why a pastor is uh, it's interesting, the contrast here, because in one hand, he's a ruler, he's a leader. And he leads his people like a father. He rules the church. And yet at the same time, he's a servant to the people. So you see the concept of, of uh, servant leadership. And we saw that in the life of Jesus. They called him master and Lord. And at the same time, he says, I came to serve and not to be served. So you see that concept uh, in the life of Jesus Christ. He was the master and the Lord, yet he was a servant and he laid down his life for us. And we must find that place if we want to be good ministers of the gospel. And then uh, another uh, word that uh, describes a pastoral ministry is, is example. 1 Timothy 4.12. And uh, this is Paul is writing to Timothy and Timothy was a young man. He was a young minister. And he says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So if you're a young pastor, young pastor listen, I know young pastors, and I don't mean to be critical, but I've listened to what certain trends, you know, they, 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 they will buy a, a $1,500 pair of sneakers and they'll wear a, 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 a $300 cap on their head backward and wear expensive clothes because uh, the whole emphasis of their ministry is to be cool. Listen, it's not about being cool because if, you, if that's what you are and that's the image you want to portray, what people will remember, uh, you know, is that there's no gravitas in your ministry because that's what, you know, you're all about. You're about being cool and you will attract people who come because you are cool. But we are not trying to trying to create a culture of coolness. We are bringing people to the feet of Jesus. We are raising up people who are willing to lay down their lives for the sake of the gospel. So, so if you are young and you want people to respect you, listen, if you are a young people and you want people to respect you, they will not respect you because of your coolness, right? If you want people my age to look at you and you're a young minister and you want me to respect you, honestly, your $1,500 sneakers turn me off. You know why? Because I travel all over the world. I see people who are hungry, who have, whose children have no food to eat. And I come and I see you on the platform wearing your $1,500 
or uh, sneakers, and I think you're an immature fool at best. That, that's what you are. If you want people like me to respect you, you know how you, how you can earn my respect and the respect of my peers? He says, be an example. Be an example. You look, I was your age once. I remember I was a, I was a, a young man, and remember I was young, I, I was flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, and people used to watch me. People just watched me. And what they watched was not how cool I was, but they watched my conduct. Did I carry myself as a man of God in spite of my age? So this is what Paul says to Timothy. He says nothing about coolness. He says nothing about being contemporary. He says, but be an example to the believers. In what? Firstly, in word. Be an example in what comes out of your mouth. And be an example in, 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 in it means two things, in preaching the word, the word of God coming out of your mouth. Be an example in words. Secondly, in conversation. Conversation means how you walk your walk. Be an example to people in how you walk your walk. Thirdly, be an example in love. Be an example in love, an example of, of love. If you're popular, you're a young preacher and you're cool and you're popular, be respectful, be loving towards people. Don't just brush them off. Don't think that you are a highfalutin somebody else that gives you the right to be disrespectful and talk down to people because you think they are not as anointed as you are. That is despicable behavior. Be love people and respect people. Even if you think they're less than you, they are not less than you. Sometimes Sometimes people who know more than you, they just keep quiet because they are humbled. So walk in love and respect and honor others. Then it says in spirit, people are watching you whether you can just talk or, or and you can just look cool or you really have the fire of the Holy Ghost. When I see young preachers, I watch them. I want to see, do they have miracles? Does God confirm the word that comes out of their mouth with signs falling? Or is it just cool posturing? That's what I look at. I'm Pentecostal and nothing. Listen, if you want my respect, I want to see you young people flow in the Holy Ghost. And when I see young people flow in the Holy Ghost, you know what? I said, this young man, he knows God. This young man who knows God. So remember that in, and then in faith. Be a man of faith. Be a woman of faith. If you want people to have to, if you want to, if you want people to respect you, if you want people to follow you, if you want people to be influenced by you with the proper biblical kind of influence, be a man of faith. And lastly, be a man of purity. That means you, your interactions with the opposite sex have to be very, very respectful. Don't dress in a way that attracts attention to your body, but dress modestly and carry yourself in a correct and a godly manner with members of the opposite sex. So these are very, very important. So be an example. Listen. And I, I want to repeat this again, okay? First Timothy 4.12 and says, Paul says, don't let anyone, anyone look down on you because of your youth. Because especially if you are young, people watch you. They watch your conduct. But the way you can get people to respect you in spite of your youth is to be an example, young ministers. Be an example. Be an example to the believers. 
in word, in what comes out of your mouth and with the word of God that you speak. Secondly, in the way you walk, in the way you live your life, you, the way you treat your wife, the way you treat, you know, you treat children and, and in the way you treat other people. Uh, that's your conversation. That means oh, it's an old word in the King James conversation means walk. It's your walk. It's how you treat people. Then in love, love people, honor people, respect people, and don't brush people off. Don't be proud. Don't be arrogant. Be humble. Be humble in the way you talk to people you disagree with or older people who don't agree with you. Just sometimes it's good just to be quiet and be humble and speak to them respectively. Don't get in the face of people who are older than you. Listen, that shows that your parents did not raise you well or you have never learned good manners and you know you shouldn't be in the ministry. Learn to show respect to people, even those who you don't agree with or who don't agree with you. Learn to respect people and then walk in love and in spirit be a man full of the Holy Ghost. Then in faith, be a man full of faith, full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost and be a man who's pure. Do these things and then you are going to overcome anything that uh, will ever come across your way and you'll never be able to say that people look down on you because of your youth because if you don't carry yourself in a childish or in a juvenile manner but you walk as a man of God with a wisdom with an anointing from God with God's hand over your life in a way that shows a maturity that is beyond your beyond your years that is when people will respect you and honor you I'm not I'm look I'm just saying this because I have been your age, okay? Young preachers, I've been your age. I've been there and this is what works and uh, and this is how you do it. And the, Paul says to Timothy, Timothy was a young guy. He said, Timothy, be an example. Anyway, so uh, let us stop here right now and we will continue with this tomorrow. And if you have any thoughts, just write to me and God bless you. But let me pray with you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for these young preachers who are listening to me, wherever they are in the world. And uh, Father, other believers who are listening to this, I ask you to touch them and bless them, bless their lives. Do a wonderful and mighty work in their lives, Lord. Uh, in the name of Jesus, meet every need that they have, Father, and let your hand continue to be upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you and remember your best days ahead of you and I'll see you tomorrow and we will continue to speak about the ministry of the pastor.